Welcome to We Are Near. This is episode 3, and we're looking at Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Those two verses are pivotal in understanding what it is a Christian is called to do. In the last episode, we talked about the uh, call to be transformed, the call to have our mind renewed, and to learn to discern God's will and apply it in our lives. I want to go back now to the very first phrase in chapter 12, verse 2, in the uh, ESV translation. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, in verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It is amazing, isn't it, that the perfect God of the universe finds imperfect human beings to be acceptable to him. How does that happen? In a nutshell, the way it happens is through the grace of God applied on our behalf. And the mechanism by which it works is what these two verses are talking about. It's, it's a method of renewal that comes from the fact that we are a new spiritual entity that begins on the day that we commit our hearts to Christ. Now let's look at verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Let's zero in on that. If we go here in the Blue Letter Bible, to the hit the tools button, what we find is that it says, do not be conformed. And the word there is syschematizo. Syschematizo. And you can see in the middle of that that there's a word schema, S-C-H-E-M-A. That, that is the main core thought in that word. And cis, the prefix, implies a process by which we would synchronize our own actions with the actions of people around us. And the verse is telling us, no, don't do that. Do not synchronize your actions to the people around you. Now let's look at how the experts define this word. We click on the Strong's number there. There it comes. And it tells us the, the Greek word, tells us the English transliteration of it, syschematizo. This tells us that it occurs twice in the New Testament. It occurs here in Romans 12, 2, where it says, do not be conformed to this world. It also occurs in 1 Peter 1, 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. It's saying that before we learned what we needed to learn to make the decision to become Christians, we were ignorant, comparatively ignorant. And when we were ignorant, we were often subject to passions, to fears, anger, selfish desire of many kinds. And so... It's saying, don't be conformed to those things, but move on from those things in this new spiritual realm that you are in. You have a new mind that has been given to you by God. It's a spiritual mind dwelling in an earthen body. We need it to feed on the spiritual truth that's contained in the Bible, and we need that in order to 
give sustenance and the kind of nourishment that a, a spiritual being needs. Spiritual beings are immaterial. They don't necessarily need vitamins and minerals and you know carbohydrates and protein. What they need, spiritual minds, they need guidance. They need the law of God. They need the grace of God. They need the experiences of working with and observing good people on the pages of history, in the Bible, and in the fellowship with which we are associated. Okay, so again, both of these occurrences of this word, siskemetizo, uh, um, this word uh, being conformed to or aligning ourselves with the people around us, that that word uh, is kind of a negative word. It's telling us what what not to do. But if we go back to the what what it says about this word, according to Professor Strong, what we find is that it comes from two words. The first part is the SYS is this number here, 4862. And the second part, the schema, uh, is 4976. And the literal meaning of that word is fashion. Okay, so let's click on that word right there, 4976. And when we get there, we discover that it's schema. That's an S, that's a CH, that's an E, a long E, that's an M, and that's an A, schema. Okay, so we come down to Strong's in, uh, info on that, and it says it's a mode of circumstance or a, a figure. Let's look at how what Thayer says. He's uh, another scholar. He says... The, in the authorized wor version, it's translated fashion. It occurs in 1 Corinthians 7.31. Uh, it says, uh, of course, uh, comprising everything in a person which strikes the senses, the figure, the, the bearing, the discourse, the actions, the manner of life. So that's what it's talking about when it uses that word in Greek. It, it's a word that, uh, according to some of the other commentaries I've read was was written about by Aristotle and other philosophers. But I want to look at what it says in Philippians 2.8. It's describing Jesus, and it says, being found... Let's go back. Let's see. Yeah, here we are. In Philippians 2.8, and being found in human form, in King James it says, found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself by being coming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So now it's, here we have uh, what happens when Jesus finds himself in human form. Let's, let's go to that and look at the uh, translation of that word in more detail. In appearance... It is how the word-for-word word renders it, schema, found in, in form or appearance or fashion as a man. And we want to just look up what it says about that word in the lexicon. And there it says, if you take it back to the ancient English, it has, it has the idea of what the essence of the person is. What does that person possess? The essential substance of that person. 
And so Jesus finds himself, he had been a spirit being, and he finds himself as a human. He has, what he has now is he is a human. And um, he then chooses to operate in the human condition, and that is what he is there to do. Now, interestingly, we kind of have to go through the opposite experience. We start out as human, specifically fallen human, humans with built-in weaknesses, humans with built-in tendencies. We have a genetic load that has some of the patterns of behavior of our, of our uh, parents and grandparents built right in. Jesus didn't come in that way. He came in uh, as a person who did not get his DNA, his, his life principle, from the human race. He got it from his spiritual source. God made him into flesh, and he became a man through being born as the son of Mary. And that's really interesting to me because what Jesus needed to learn, it says, uh, he needed to learn obedience by the things that he suffered. And it says he was made perfect through sufferings. So for him, he had to conform to the limits of human nature and human timing of things and human ability to perceive things and, and so forth. Human ways of communication, you know, simply with, you know, what you say and what you do and what the expression is on your face and what you're, what, how you act and, and so forth. All of that was what Jesus had to do in order to be learning the lessons that God gave him to learn as a human being. But with us, we are already human and so we're commanded in Romans 12, 2, not to conform, not to um, limit ourselves to the patterns of those around us. Rather, we're asked to observe the spiritual dimension that we find in the scriptures. We're asked to observe the kind of almost otherworldly capacities and attitudes and mindset that Jesus displayed and that the advanced uh, examples that we have in the Bible displayed, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle John, Peter, um, those guys all had qualities that were spiritual, that, that had uh, abilities that transcended the human. And so the positive spin on what we're given to do in, in Romans 12, too, is, is to choose for ourselves not to conform to the patterns and the behaviors of the people around us, but to instead conform to the otherworldly, uh, elevated uh, spiritual examples that we see in Jesus and the apostles and um, the best of the Christians with whom we are uh, pr privileged to rub shoulders. That says a lot about how the Christian life should be prosecuted, how the Christian life should be lived. And I'm going to wind up this episode with those thoughts and um, encourage you to recognize that well, let's, while we're in Philippians, let's, let's just look at another verse because this shows how Jesus acted and what the result was for him uh, in terms of how we behave as Christians uh, as a result of our journey 
in the footsteps of Jesus as human beings. So let's go back a little uh, farther back into Philippians 2. And let's look at verse... Well, we'll start in verse 4. He says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Okay, so he's telling us to, to be other-centered, to be empathetic, to be servants of others. And then in verse 5 he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. The, the literal meaning of this word grasped means to, to actually seize it by robbery. That's what the word actually means if you look it up. But the point I wanted to make is, what did Jesus do? What was the mind that he had that, that Paul asks us as Christians to follow? He wants us to have this humble mind that Jesus had. A mind that doesn't try to reach up and grab something that isn't ours yet. But instead, he says, have the mind that Jesus displayed in verse 7 when he says, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. He took the form of a servant. Uh, and then he was born in the likeness of men. That's the word morphe, in the likeness of men. And then being found in human form, and there the word is schema, as we discussed, he humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He was willing to, to suffer the absolute worst form of punishment that human beings, at least up at the lat time, had cooked up as a means of hurting and punishing people that it despised. He submitted himself to that. And he's asking us to have that kind of a mindset. Now, why would he want us to do that? What's the point? What's the point of having this, this servant, almost bond slave mindset? Well, that's what we're going to discover in our next episode. So, thanks for listening, and um, I hope you enjoy this new way of producing these things. I'm working with a video switcher now, trying to do all of this with one edit. In other words, do it live with no editing, so that I can crank out shorter modules and you can follow along, see what we're studying and reading, and use it as a means for your own personal edification. So I hope that this works, and I'd love your feedback. If you like it, please like it. We're going to continue offering it as an audio podcast on Buzzsprout, but we are now also listing it and making it available in a visual form on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. So thanks for listening, and we are near the time for the completion of the Christian church and the good things that are then awaiting for the rest of the world after the church is complete to follow very soon thereafter. It's an exciting time, a dangerous time, a scary time, but it's a good time not just for Christians but for all people. 
I hope that you can join us in a discussion and uh, a pursuit of the truth on these matters from the Bible. Thanks for listening.